Hey y'all, welcome back to Malia's Ideas, the podcast. My guest for today's episode is a very, well, very, very special guest. Um, she's my mom, Kim Yim. I'm really excited for everyone to get to hear our conversation on books. My mom and I have a very sweet relationship, very much like a Lorelai and Rory relationship, if you guys know from the TV show Gilmore Girls. Anyways, today's conversation was fun because my mom is not only a very avid reader, but is also an author. Her book, Refuse to Do Nothing, came out when I was in middle school, and it has been really fun to see how her reading evolution developed as a kid, and it just, it really did influence how much I read and my love for reading. So, with that, let's get to it. Yes. Well, welcome, Miss Kimberly, to the podcast, aka my mother. <laughs> well, good morning, my daughter, Malia. I just have to briefly clarify like what we're doing right now. Uh, we currently are sitting at our dining room table in our pajamas at 10 a.m. in the morning. And this is why the podcast is the greatest thing, because I didn't have to put any makeup on. I didn't have to put any decent clothes on. We just kind of showed up as we are with our unbrushed hair and no brushed teeth. <laughs> this is the way I like to work. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, before we get started to books, um, <laughs> this is just really fun having my mom here. Uh, we are going to let Miss Kimberly um, introduce herself real quickly. Well, thank you for having me on your show. <laughs> <laughs> so my name as you introduced me is Kimberly Yim and Kim Yim is what most people call me yes. and sometimes in that order Kim Yim, Kim Yim as or one, Miss Kim Yim. <laughs> yes uh, I am oh, I just had a birthday I am 48 years old wow yes I almost wanted so to edit that <laughs> I got a lot of wisdom <laughs> that's why I'm having you on there you have it. Any other details? I have you, yeah, me. my oldest, and your brother, my youngest, 16, mm -hmm. and my dog, Cooper. And you got a husband? I got a husband. <laughs> Had a husband for 22 years. <laughs> <My dad. laughs> I think we'll keep him around a little longer. So for 22 years. And yeah. Yeah, that's me in a nutshell. Anything you've been up to during quarantine? During quarantine, I uh, signed a contract for a second book. Woo-woo! Yes, I guess. She's an author, everyone. I'm very excited to be writing it with uh, my former co-author, Shane Moore, and then my new friend, mentor, Sandy Morgan. So we're writing a book for church leaders and for kind of professors. It's going to be a handbook on human trafficking. So, wow. yeah, I just need to get focused and actually do the writing part. <laughs> I've been doing a lot of thinking about it and organizing. Research, I've noticed a lot more books are coming in on Amazon. Yes, a lot more research and thinking things through. Um, but it's supposed to be a handbook, a very useful uh, tool to for church leaders and professors and yeah, to understand what the issues are and how they're students or their congregations can mobilize. Wow. 
So during my quarantine, I've just been watching a lot of television, and I've just been doing this fun night podcast on like fun <laughs> stuff like books and films and music. And my mom's been like, you know, trying to solve. I've been doing light. <laughs> I've been doing light stuff too. I've been balancing it with binge watching Suits. Yes, she has been binge watching. Binge watching Sucked into suits. that silly show. The only reason I know that show is because of Megan Markle. Yeah. Super fun. Alrighty. Well, I invited my mom here today to talk about books because I was, well, first of all, I was introduced to books through my mother. Luckily, I had a really sweet mom who would read to me as a kid. And I don't know, she was also an English teacher. So yeah, we have a lot of books in our house, a lot of random bookshelves filled with unorganized books. <laughs> That's probably what happened. So I just invited her to talk about books because most of the books that I read usually start with my mom being like, handing me one, being like, hey, you should read this. So that's why I invited her here to talk about it. So the first question for talking about books today, you're an author, you're an English teacher, you read on the daily. Why is reading so important? Well, I think it's really important to continually be learning. So books are a way of learning and broaden your mind and horizon and viewpoint and getting understanding other people's viewpoint and allowing yourself to use your imagination and and learn new content. So I think it's all of the above, but learning is kind of the main reason why I think it's so important. Yeah. You learn new things. There's so being, many takeaways from each book, no matter if it's no matter the genre too sometimes. Yeah. If it's nonfiction, there's a lot of learning lessons usually in there. And yep. Even if it's fiction, there's usually like an underlying tone or narrative or learning experience. And I think even more so now in today's society with everything being so quick and fast paced and social media, reading requires you to slow down mm -hmm. and be still. And um, I know for me as a kid, that was important because I was a little hyperactive. So. <laughs> No surprise there, but for reading, uh, you know, required me to sit still and be okay being by myself. Yeah. And I think in general, we need a lot more of that. Yeah, it's almost ther therapeutic. Yes. Being able to just be comfortable in your own skin, in your skin, in your own head, kind of. Yep. And not I agree. constantly chatting and being hypersocial and mm -hmm. all that fun stuff. Alrighty. Well, when did you start getting into reading? Because it I, was different for me. I feel like. I think, I think I've, I mean, ever since I was little, I think I've always loved books, probably for different reasons. I think when I was in elementary school, I remember, I remember having this book of jokes. <laughs> I, thought, I thought it was fun to like memorize jokes. So I like these books of jokes. Um, and then stories. I love those choose your own adventure mm. uh, stories. And then like Huckleberry Finn and that kind of stuff. Yeah. But I don't think I really, really dove into the like classics. I think it was those, um, oh, what was that? What was that? Um, Inspector. And then you can choose. It was like a choose your own adventure. So like at the end of like, you can go to a, and it would flip, you flip a few pages. And oh, really? It had like a you different got, like, ending to chose each 
ending differently. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. actually really creative. I've never read any of those. Yeah, it's like kind of like choose your own adventure and like how it ended. Um, but who was the, I think, I feel like it was like a private investigator. And like depending upon what page you chose, that's how the ending was. He really um, liked those adventure mystery novels, huh? Yeah, I liked those as a kid. But uh, I very much liked Nancy Drew as a kid. Yeah. Like Magic Treehouse books as a kid too. Yeah. Magic Treehouse. I read a lot of those. Well, primarily, so I went to a dual immersion school. And so, uh, and so we learned Spanish before English. And so I didn't know how to read in English, but the library that my elementary school, like primarily had Spanish books. And I remember these Spanish books that like, I don't know, most interested me were the Spanish ones of Magic Treehouse. Yeah. So that's why I immediately just like grabbed those. Um, but I remember well, there wasn't a whole lot of options of Spanish books. No, there weren't a lot of options. So I just like, kind of stuck to the ones that I knew I yeah. would like. And luckily Magic Treehouse books like kept coming out with like new ones every year. Yeah. But even before Magic Treehouse, Skippy John Jones. Yeah, Skippy John Jones was also a great one. Um, I just remember loving as a kid you reading to me. We would pick out books before we'd go to bed, yeah. we meaning me, my younger brother. And we'd sit in your bed before we'd go to bed and you, we would make you read Skippy John Jones like a hundred and thousand times. Um, but I didn't really get into reading until middle school. I don't think. Cause like I enjoyed reading. Right. And like, but it was more of like, Oh, I have a reading log to fill out. And so right. I would read for the reading log. And sometimes I wouldn't even read for the reading log. I would just like reread. Right. Or like choose a book that I already read and then just like, like put it on there and write a little summary about it. But it wasn't until middle school when I truly, it wasn't that I didn't have any friends. It was just, I had a lot of time on my hands because <laughs> of lack of social activity. <laughs> and I got into the Harry Potter series yep. and I got into Jane Austen's books. Those were the tricks. Like those were the two authors, JK Rowling and Jane Austen that got me like, oh, okay, I like this. And I was surprised you, I was surprised, but not surprised that you fell in love with Jane Austen. I'm like, she's in seventh grade and she is <laughs> loving Jane Austen. She's a hopeless romantic at heart. Cause no one I, really realized this until I got to middle school and I had a lot of time on my hands. <laughs> Cause I liked those books, but I didn't love those books. Yeah. Like you love those books. I, I liked them cause I was like a fiery female character. And there's well, usually there's always usually one, but um, yeah, I I loved um, uh, the line the witch of the wardrobe. I loved C.S. Lewis. C.S. Lewis. Was, that whole series was one of my first favorites. I think because it was a series, and you saw the kids kind of grow up mm -hmm. too. Um, we kind of grew up with the kids. That's how we yeah. felt about Harry Potter a little bit. You just like. Although I read it, I, I did read the Harry Potter books in less than a week. That did happen. Yeah. Um, but I think the difference was like, I don't think I was such a strong reader to read. I don't think I would have read the Harry Potter books when I was a kid in elementary school. I didn't when I was in elementary school. I remember kids reading them, but I would have, first of all, I would have to read them in Spanish. It's super sophisticated. Which is like, which at the time was, easy but going like it was just an interesting concept of like going to school and it was spanish and then you come home and it's all english right and so i when reading spanish i always 
geared toward the easier Spanish books. Right. And then um, with Harry Potter, I think this is when I discovered that I can read really quickly depending on the book because I just need to know what happens. Like if it's a good plot, right. like I had, I had a feeling, me. I know, I had a feeling that you just skimmed the parts that some I of the details. Not. My mom swears <laughs> that I skim. I don't skim. You skim the details. I to skim get textbooks to, to get information to get like a to smart the point. student, but I do not skim plots. That doesn't work. You can't handle the stress of the story, so you just want to get to. That's true, but I do still <laughs> read it. I want to. I can't handle the stress. I we know. know this. I'm like I hate suspense. Like my my nervous system can't handle it. <laughs> like I just need to know what happens. Like most all horror movies, I avoid all thrillers or not all thrillers. A good portion of thrillers I avoid unless it's with like the right people or it's the right cast or there's like yeah. cute guy in it. But <laughs> yeah, I avoid those horror movies. I think they're terrible. But but um, no, I always read through. But those were that was those were like the two authors that got me hooked, and then I just kind of like. I started reading, and I remember in high school, I think, especially my English teachers were surprised of how much I read. I don't come across, I don't think I come across as quite the avid reader, avid reader or academically inclined person until you really get to know me. I remember my junior, um, my junior year, my English teacher, um, she wasn't the biggest fan of me at the beginning of the year. I think she thought I was just like, like just like this big like airhead blonde. I think that's just how I came across. It was also volleyball season, so sometimes the jock look doesn't really attract all these teachers. Um, but then when she started seeing the books that I had on my desk, because I, I and I still pretty read avidly, like I kind of have a different book going at like given every week, I guess. Mm -hmm. And so once she started figuring that out, she was like. Oh, she, she might actually have a brain. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so you mentioned growing up that you really liked um, all these adventure books and C.S. Lewis. Were there any other authors or books that really, you I know, one of the imagination? Yeah, one of the, I fell in love with John Steinbeck's book, Cannery Row. Mm. And it so wasn't, great. yeah, and it wasn't, I think it's because we, we went up to that part of California as a kid, that Carmel Monterey. So I had a visual, but I thought that, you know, the characters are, you know, they're different, especially as a little kid, but I just loved the idea of the characters in that book. And for whatever reason, because I've reread it a couple times and I'm like, I wonder why this my younger self just loved, but I think it was because of the really unique characters mm -hmm. and then them all living in the same area and they're just their interaction. They're just very different yeah. um, characters. And I had like the visual of being up there. So I loved, that was one of my, one of my first all time favorite books. And to be honest, it wasn't that big, right? Yeah. Because I was not reading Grapes of Wrath on my own, but I, <laughs> I may have done that, <laughs> but, just, but, but I, I just did that recently. Yeah. But I, I did that as a college. Student. Right. Yeah. I, I just am getting into Steinbeck. I remember reading Henry Rowe in like 
school. I don't remember all of it, but I do remember reading it after we went up to that area as well mm -hmm. um, as a family again for vacation. And just recently I had a professor who took an excerpt out of um, oh, East of Eden and included in his lesson plan. And I was like, okay, like he took a chapter and then I was like, I need to know what happens. <laughs> that's kind of what happens with me. And that's why I like reading so much. I just kind of like, I'm disciplined enough not to look to the back page, but I really want to. <laughs> so I, I remember going to the library at my university and I want, I went to go check out the book and they didn't have the book. I was like, really? I was like a university doesn't have like, all of the John Steinbeck books. I was surprised, especially because huh. a professor had taken right. an excerpt. I don't know. It was just like, right. so I, I ended up taking the bus into town and buying that. And also I bought The Hobbit because um, I hadn't read that one quite yeah. yet either. And then I just recently read Grapes of Wrath because my uncle was like, we need to watch the, apparently there's like, uh, like a filmed play that he wants to watch with me. Oh. And so I was like, I need to read the book first. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know when you brought home East of Eden, when you first came home from school with during this COVID shutdown, lockdown, quarantine time, when you finished it, then I'm like, well, I should probably read it because I have time. We're not going anywhere. And I thought it was one of the most beautiful books. It really is. I. It was a, one of the most beautiful books. I'm surprised. It was overwhelming to look at it initially. But once I got into it, I'm like, this is such a beautiful book. It's something that you could like reread. And I feel like just like because I think over the years I've realized how intentional authors are with like their words and narratives yeah. and themes and so I feel like if you reread it there's just something new that you get to learn every time you have like a new nugget of wisdom or something like that I don't know I think as a young adult right now that's been really nice is like I'm just kind of trying to absorb as much nuggets of wisdom as I possibly right. can because it's been such unprecedented times and just so overwhelming that well and I, I like think if there's any help I can get, I want it. <laughs> yeah, well and I think in these books I think it shows you more that like a good author, good books show you the complexities of characters and that they're not And so far um, we're only talking about fiction books too. Yeah, but they're not one dimensional. Mm. And I think that's the problem with some of the social media is, you oh. know, it's hard to show the multifaceted part of a person on like Instagram on posts. Right. You know, I mean, I think I've actually tried <laughs> to show um, like life's not perfect. Like there's other parts, but at, even at the end of the day, it feels like I positive, positively spin a yucky, yeah, like I'm trying to find, I'm trying to be honest and authentic, but it's hard because it's still in this filter of, and so you're still yeah. kind of and a one-dimensional person on social yeah. media. And I was thinking even on social media, like the whole like hashtag being authentic, like that's almost like a new thing now. Yeah. Like everyone's like, be your authentic self. And I don't know, I, there's just something about just words in pages and create and matching that with creativity that just it, it can't be like replicated in a 
in a post or anything like that. It's, yeah. Yeah. But that's why I like some of it. Like a good book shows you that decisions are not made easily, that there's, um, you know, so a lot you'll, of you'll see, yeah, but you'll see a character in a book make a decision and you know that was a hard decision or you can see why knowing that there are these feelings that are going to, you know, come afterwards yeah, and just because of that. And it just shows them human being almost, almost a good person, but not quite. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know, I like the empathy portion because they like, in East of Eden, you can take like such a harsh character. Like her name was Karen, right? Catherine? Yes, Catherine. Catherine. I believe. You can take such an intense, like, I don't know, horrible, horrible character, but feel for her almost. Yeah, at the end of her life, you're just like, that's so. It's, it's like you just you, you feel her pain and you're just like this is just like someone who's just in so much pain you just kind of like yeah i don't know and and then just yeah and then the people that come around in her life that have been so genuine and kind to her that she takes advantage of right but then are still there for her and i'm like right what right it's like such a concept and you're like i've seen that in my life all the time anyways yeah. We're still on the one book. I love it though. It's a great <laughs> book. It's one of the most recent ones that I read in 2020 that I think, I honestly think East of Eden has become a, a favorite of mine. I think it's a favorite of mine too. And I think, well, it's, I don't, I haven't been reading a lot of fiction books recently. So it was probably my most, my most recent fiction book. I'm yeah. trying to think of, I haven't read anything since then Yeah. in that and what nonfiction books have you been reading? Because we haven't really, we've talked a lot about fiction and characters and narratives and the imaginary world. So. There's someone that I've read was Talking to Strangers by Malcolm Gladwell, which was fan-freaking-tastic. Yes, I loved that book. I love, I pretty much have loved almost every book that I've read of Malcolm Gladwell's. Um, but yes, I thoroughly enjoyed Talking with Strangers. I thought it was very good. Um, the most recent book I read was Bob Goff's book, Dream Big. I'm currently reading that one. Yes. And I realized that's why I was like, oh, I need to finish this to hand this off to you because <laughs> in six months when the book I'm writing and hopefully we'll be you know, going through edit. Yeah. Hopefully <laughs> in a few months that will be written and I will be able to pick up Dream Big and Right now I'm like, okay, I will dream big. I will dream, big I will I will look at these after. after. Yeah, I finish my, my current big dream. <laughs> yeah, after this, then I will have time to think about what's next, but. What, what do you think, because I've picked up non, some nonfiction books and they've just been, like probably there's really good content in there, but just too bland for me to get through. It's like reading a textbook and sometimes I just can't force myself right. to do it. But like, what do you think that balance is? Because it's also really important to not only look for entertainment value. Right. I feel like, especially when you're gathering, like getting information. It probably depends on why you're reading it. Mm. Or if you're in a lot of people are pick up books. Non, I mean, if you're not in school, people are picking up those books more for like personal Learning, learning. So 
you're reading on, you're reading it with more of a selfish lens. Like how is this going to help better me mm. or be a better listener or be a better spouse or be a better friend or be a better leader at work or be a better neighbor. Or, um, but if you're at college, like... you're reading those <laughs> for content and information <laughs> and for understanding of a totally new subject. Right. Um, so I think it just depends on what the book is and um, the motivation behind the it. motivation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've read books of other books that friends. I mean, I've read books to try to understand that other people that I know have written mm -hmm. just to go, Oh, there's something that's really important to them. So I need to read it so that I can better understand what's important to them. Even if the subject itself is not interesting interesting to me to you got it it's interesting to them okay so i've read books so that i better understand what someone else finds important mm -hmm. why do you think recently you've picked up nonfiction versus fiction when you were a kid oh some of that has to do with my work i feel like I'm reading stuff. I've been reading stuff a lot around nonprofit space mm. and development and poverty relief and human trafficking. So you're so awesome. Well, <laughs> no, part of it is so that I under I'm I'm not out in the field. My right, your job isn't out on the field. My job isn't out on the field. I'm not. But it's also just as important being able to gather that information and sure. And share it. Sure. It's safer. <laughs> it's emotionally safer, but it's also, I don't have like social work skills. I don't have, there's certain. It's your way to take part in it. Yes. It's something that you're good at. Yes, absolutely. And I like to, I like to learn. So, um, you know, that's why. And so I think because of that fiction has felt, um, Fiction has felt, uh, it's not fluff, but there's been seasons in my life where I feel like it's extra and I don't have time for extra. Interesting. If I'm going to take time to read, it has to be productive. I have to, I have to learn something from it. Okay. And so I've. You're just being really intentional with I've the information in, that you've been yes, gaining. Yes. It's kind of like, do I have time to watch television? Like I almost look at it as like, it's, I don't, it, I don't equate it that way, but I think that's why in the last 10 years I have reverted more to overread. I think I've overread nonprofit, I mean, nonprofit, um, nonfiction. <laughs> I don't know. I remember uh, in like just this last year, my first year in college, um, I've tried to be still intentional about reading fiction. I think that's why I've read East of Eden, and that's right. That's why I picked up The Hobbit at age 19, um, just simply because, A, I could, I had the time to. Um, I didn't have a lot going on during that season, and I just had a couple classes. But also, I don't know, I didn't want, I'm trying to be intentional of not, um, I guess, losing that world in my head I definitely yeah. I'm very visual when I read I can truly enter yeah it's almost scary I truly enter yeah, the no, world I get it and I tr I truly see things like and and then yeah like, like 
don't know. I don't know if that comes from just like, and you know how some people dream like very vividly and then some people can't even like color. I'm a very vivid person. Yeah, same. So I, I'm trying not to lose that entirely. But then also I have picked up nonfiction. Right. More inten- like intentionally, like talking to strangers, Bob Goff's books. Um, there's been a couple that have come out about slowing down, like right. ending hurry. Right. Um, there's a book called The Hell of Hustle. Right. So, right. Yeah. Those. It'll be interesting to see if this next semester, if you have time for fiction. My guess <laughs> is you'll put it on hold for Christmas. I remember rereading um, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Coming I think it's back just going to take more time. Yeah. Like even like the Dream Big book that I'm reading right now. Yeah. Um, like I'm only, I just don't have the time to read it as quickly. Right. So it just depends. And I'm also in the, not in a hurry to finish it. Right. Like it's not a book that I want to know what happens because it's more of an instructional book. I love nonfiction books that I have a step-by-step process. Well, that, well, no, that I feel like I could take my time that I'm oh. really trying to, I'm not trying to get, I'm not trying to finish. I'm like, Oh, this is so good. I'm going to hang out in this chapter for a while or, you know, I've, there's been a few, but that dream big one, particularly towards the second half for me. Yeah. I'm still like on that first half, I think. Yeah. But, um, Thank you for coming. I yeah. think one of the morals we've learned here is that there's benefits in fiction and nonfiction. Absolutely. <laughs> and that there's a lot of positive benefits with reading. Yes. And it, something I did learn this last year, just to end it, was that um, like reading, I don't know, reading was just like there's like some stat that's tangent upon reading and learning. And just being, um, just better. I don't, I don't, you know what? I don't really know where I'm going with this. <laughs> well, that's I, a good indicator that it's time no, to end it. But I, but I, I think people, when they read, they are, um, they're more interesting. They have, they have, <laughs> they have a lot more to say. That's they for have sure. more to talk about. Um, one of my favorite people is a college roommate of mine. And I love talking books with her. Yeah. Love talking books with her. She's an avid reader and it's just fun because she's, I find her quite interesting as a person. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Thanks mom. <laughs> well, thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of Malia's ideas on books. I always love hanging out and talking with my mama. I definitely lucked out in the mom category and I feel that blessing every day. Books have been such a huge staple in my mom and I's lives, and it was great to give insight to how reading and books can shape us and our imagination. Well, with that, we upload episodes every Monday, and don't forget to give us a follow on our Instagram at Malia's Ideas the Podcast. Have a great day and a wonderful week, and we'll see you all next time.